evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. We're up to 536, rolling right along on these. And this one we're going to talk, this time we're going to talk about best and worst cycles we have ever ran. Everyone's always asking us to talk more about personally what we have done. So, you know, on these, we're going to have some fun. We're going to discuss that. So I'll start it off, uh, Mobster, with worst cycle. So for me, I would say two of my worst cycles. One was I did, it was testosterone and mostly testosterone and maybe something else too. So I was using testosterone. This is way, way back. And I was using it off some guy on the forums who had a little underground lab. And he basically, he hooked me up with, with some vials of testosterone, right, on the forums. And he's like, Steve, you know, go ahead and run this. Let me know what you think, blah, blah, blah. So I'm running this gear. Halfway through the cycle, I'm like, something isn't right here. It's like it's not even, like, doing anything, you know? I wasn't feeling anything. So I started to talk to some other guys on the forum about it, you know, privately. And we all agreed, you know, who've also tried – this stuff that look the gear is just bad. It's just bad gear. It's underdosed. It's crappy. I went ahead and ran blood work. My blood work testosterone levels were were low. So obviously it was really really underdosed gear. So it was still shutting me down, but it was there was so little of the actual hormone in the steroid that was given that it was barely registering on my blood work. So. It ended up hurting more than helping me, you know, running that cycle. So that was definitely one of the worst cycles I did. So the lesson from that is always make sure you're running legitimate gear. And that's a big, big thing. If You know what? There's been people who've used steroids for 10, 15 years who have always used a source at the gym, who have always used a buddy's source or something like that. And they've never experienced what legitimate gear is like. So to them, it's normal to run a cycle and have, you know, kind of weak results like that, like I had. So it's really not even about like being experienced. It's all, it's just about making sure you're getting quality gear. And the, and the blood work doesn't lie. You know, the blood work is going to give you a black, white answer. It's not going to give you a gray answer. It's going to tell you either like, the gear is legitimate or it's not legitimate. So when in doubt, run blood work, blood work does not lie. And make sure you're using, you know, an approved source. You can come on our forums and check that out. All right. So the second bad cycle I ran, this was an, a cycle. I spent a lot of money on the cycle. It was Prima Bowling. I think I spent over $1,000, maybe $1,100 at the time. And I ran like 12 weeks of, of uh, Prima Bowling, some testosterone with it. Maybe I ran some Anavar here and there on it as well. So it was an expensive cycle. Spent a lot of money on it. I didn't I didn't skimp on this cycle at all. So with post-cycle therapy, it was definitely over $1,000. And I was using Bare Primo. So it was like a pharmaceutical grade Primo. So the Primo wasn't the issue. It wasn't the, the Primo. But I just didn't get any good results on this cycle at all. And the main reason for that, is during the cycle, I was going through a really, really tough time with work. So I was really stressed out. Work wasn't going well. And I wasn't able to focus. So after work, I'd go to the gym. And I would just, you know, be lifting and just like, 
thinking about work, you know, so I had something else on my mind. So I wasn't able to focus on weight training. So that was another one that was, even though the gear was good, my mind was in another place. So I could not focus on my cycle. So that's another lesson is when you run anabolic steroids, always make sure that you can focus on it 100%. Don't run a cycle if your mind is somewhere else. If you're going through a divorce, don't run a cycle. If work's not going well, don't run a cycle. If you're out of work and you're trying to get a job, don't run a cycle. It's really good. You want to be stable. Everything needs to be stable in your life. No drama, no headaches, and you're able to basically run a cycle. I've had, I, I was a landlord before. I had tenants that were driving me crazy, not paying me. They were, you know, giving me a hard time. Um, always calling me because they had something that broke. They wanted me to fix it. And then not working with me to get it fixed. I'd schedule an appointment and they would they would tell me, oh, no, the guy can't come. We're busy. It's like, you know, something broke. I'm trying to fix it. And you're not cooperating. So how are you supposed to run a cycle like that? How are you supposed to run a cycle when you have other things on your mind like that? Big things, important things in life. It's it's adulting. So it's almost like you can't even focus on your cycle. So really, those two cycles that for me did not go well, they both were, they had common denominators. Either the gear, the gear wasn't good, Mobster, or I had other stuff on my mind. How about you, Mobster? Tell us about your worst, and then later we'll get into our best. I mean, I can think of a couple, and I've actually mentioned these in previous podcasts in Boston, Steve. One would be, uh, I've mentioned previously, that my buddies were absolutely raving and they were on the same product with me. We, we, we would do this thing, and I'm sure other listeners have done the same thing, that we would collectively buy uh, steroids together. So we would go, we would find a local source online, whatever, and we would buy what we needed amongst us and it would arrive and then we would share it amongst, the, you know, two, three of us, four of us, whatever it was, that what we what we needed. That's also a very good way, actually, guys, as a tip to, to get good prices if you're buying collectively that way. Um, you just have to watch, especially in the US, that you're not being done with distribution because personal use is a bit different in the UK. Anyway, I mean, the one I mentioned before specifically was test infant and anfate. I, I, my, my buddies loved it, uh, but for whatever reason, maybe it was the training was different because they were specifically doing strongman when I was more focused on grip, although, you know, a big part of my training was strength. And I never felt that I got anything from it. Um, if my strength went up, it didn't go up the way that other steroids I'd used. It may even be one of those things, and we've talked about this before, that I just didn't respond to it. Uh, and, and you know, this is the reason why we all end up with specifically uh, steroids that we like, steroids that do stuff. I mean, for example, I've said that one of my favourite for strength is Anavar, because I nearly always see some sort of result from it. So that's one. The other one I've talked about, funny enough, was the difference between what Steve said just now, that good and bad gear. So you've got the testing and fate where my buddies love it and I don't. So it's obviously good gear, but I'm just not getting anything from it. And the cycle that I mentioned before where I'd been given for free, you could do, do, do need these, you want these uh, Dynamo. Thank you very much. I'll take them, stick them in a drawer. And when the time comes to run a cycle and I'm going to use Dynamo, there you go. They come out of the drawer. Uh, but I didn't have enough to run a full cycle. So I, at the same time as having this little set-aside amount, I also brought some from a source. 
and the stuff that I'd been given for free, so don't get me wrong, guys, I hadn't paid for it, did absolutely nothing. And the, you know, I'd, I think I had enough for about 10, 11 days, Steve. And in the meantime, the other stuff's turned up and I'm training, uh, that's going okay, but I'm not feeling that immediate gain that I almost always, especially then when I was way away from my maximum size, strength, et cetera, almost always got some sort of response within a few days of starting a Dynabowl cycle. And the new stuff, the legit stuff turns up, and I've told this story before, from Friday to the following Monday, four days, uh, I gained four pounds. So 100% the uh, free stuff was either vastly underdosed or had no active uh, store or little ingredient whatsoever, never mind Dynabowl. And the stuff that's arrived, 100% did. If anything, who, who, one could even argue about it being slightly overdosed. So, I mean, another indicator, Steve, as you know, is having a pump on all these kind of things. And like you said, I, I, I've been used that. I know from previous using Dynabowl how I felt and the kind of pumps that I'd get, at, especially if I was leaner, as I would have been then, lighter and so on and so forth. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, boom, four days, four pounds. So, that, that as in terms of worse cycles, I don't think I've ever had any cycles where, and I don't know, neither one of us have had, I, I always have a good idea of what to expect in terms of side effects. And I don't think I've had a worse cycle in terms of I struggled because of that. The closest one could argue to that would be perhaps um, I knew that they were going to happen, but the bar pumps, the Anavar pumps, <laughs> I, you know it's working because the pumps are so goddamn horrendous. And I think I've also talked about, and I actually described that and, and the Anavar cycle, both as great cycles, but the Sustan Decker cycle that I've talked about because of the such a vast uh, weight gain in a relatively short time of running that cycle, that climbing up and down stairs outside of the gym was just surrender. So arguably those two would be worse cycles for side effects, but positive cycles for out and out results. And of course, the previous two examples were just stuff that either I didn't get on with or had zero response to. And I mean zero because they were underdosed. So those those four would be good examples of either poor results or hard to deal with side effects, Steve. All right, so let's talk about our best cycle. So I think a lot of people, it's hard to beat your first cycle, Monster. I really do. So my first cycle, I ran Sustanon. My source didn't have testosterone sipinate available. So back then, you didn't really have options when it came to sources. So if you found a really good source that had really good products, you stuck with them. You know, even though there were may you may see other sources out there. So I didn't want to take the risk. So I went ahead and ordered the Sustanon from them. And I ran some Debol as a Kickstarter. And it was my first cycle. And my gosh, the first four or five days, I could feel the difference like right off the bat. I could feel that my mood was really good. My appetite was sky high. I was jumping out of bed and excited to go to the gym. I used to work out always in the, in the late afternoon, evening, early evening after work. But I was so excited to go hit the gym. I do it before work. And believe me, if I could, I could. I, I would also work out even afterward. I was so excited just to work out on this stuff. It just changed my workouts. The pumps were amazing. Just that feel, you feel like you're a teenager again. You feel those hormones flying all over your body. You feel those androgens all over your body. So I don't think anybody out there who runs good quality steroids 
for their first cycle will say that anything out there beats their first cycle. So those of you who haven't used anabolic steroids yet, make sure before you start your first cycle, you have everything ready. You have all your ducks in a row. This way you can really take advantage of the first cycle and enjoy it. You know, don't do what I did for my bad cycles. My first two bad cycles, mobster, either used bad gear or I had other stuff going on in my life. I wasn't stable. So I ruined those cycles. But your first cycle, don't ruin your first cycle because it's going to be your best cycle. You got those androgens are going to hit you and you're going to hit it. It's going to it's going to hit you hard. You're going to feel amazing. It'll be like it'd be like, you know, uh, just the company of, of someone, um, your spouse, you know, just the way you feel around your, your spouse the first couple of weeks after you, you first meet them, not after like years, after years, of course, you start despising them and want to get away from them. Right. Monster. But just the, <laughs> the first couple no, weeks. That feeling, I do. I know what you mean, thing. but not, I'm not in that sort of, I want to get away from anybody at the minute because I mean, we're sending, sending this to your, I know what you mean. Your spouse. <laughs> we're sending this to your spouse. You admitted it. All right, go ahead. No, let me, I'll tell you the story now, guys. So, uh, this wasn't a worse cycle as such, but it's one of those examples, and this applies to a lot of you guys in terms of worse cycles. Uh, and I, this is what Steve's getting at. We talked about this in the pre-show. It's doing a cycle with a purpose for a competition to get into shape, whatever. And in my example, it was about getting getting to. I was, I was wanting to get as strong as possible for a competition. And guys, you come on in, you might have funerals, you might have family dramas, you might have work issues. And you start the cycle, you've got great gains, and then something happens, and you've had to stop the cycle. So something that's done really, really well, you might have gained four or five pounds, and you think, great, I'm only a couple of weeks in. This is going to be great. I'm going to, have, I'm going to put on eight pounds. I'm going to put on nine pounds. And then something comes up. Someone gets ill, you get ill, the wife gets ill, whatever. And my example that Steve's getting at is I, I'm still with this woman now, Steve, but uh, this is early days, I guess, of the proper part of the relationship. And essentially, I'm training for a competition. I've got my head on. I'm in, I'm in that kind of zone. And I specifically say that the last two weeks are going, for me, physically and in terms of my energy levels, they're going to be horrible. I know. I've talked about this in previous shows, Steve. I'm going to be super tired. I'm going to be deliberately overtrained. And I do that to within uh, four days of the competition. It's called super compensation. You deliberately overtrain, you rest for four days, you completely recover, and on the day of the competition, you're ready to tear shit up. But I know I'm going to be tired. And I also know I want to be focused. So what I don't want is a head fuck. I don't want drama. And I'm trying to minimize that. I'm not going to visit people. I know that I'm going to be kind of like, you know, reticent. I'm not going to be chatty like I normally am. I certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast. I just want my peace and quiet and I do my shit in the gym and I rest and recover and that's it. And I say to her, I don't need no drama. So what happens? One of the things that sometimes happens, guys, and this is just normal for relationships, you're not putting time as you should into a relationship and you get the, you're not paying attention to me kind of conversation. And I knew that this might happen. Why I said prior to the competition, I don't want the drama. This is a situation when the competition is over, I'll be back to normal, blah, blah, blah. But of course, I get it. So what happens? I say, if you kick off, if you give me drama, you will not come with me to the competition. I've not put this 16 weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, of energy and the cycle and everything else financially, 
mentally, physically, for you to fucking head fuck me. And so she's not allowed to come to the competition, Stephen. I think if you can imagine driving Dan and we're still arguing in the car, bitter, you know, comments and looks and all that kind of stuff on the dirt. I didn't need it. I didn't want it. I wasn't going to have it. I made other arrangements, uh, to put it politely. Um, so, again, guys, life happens. And life can get in the way and it can turn a great cycle, a positive cycle, a cycle you're getting great results from, into shit. What we've got to stop now, guys. Here's the thing: it's a normal situation, especially if you're not competing, there's always another time. Life gets in the way. Stop the cycle. Run your PCT. Do what you need to do with regards to life. Get it done. Get it sorted. Get your head back on straight, as we say here. And then, having had the time off and your PCT, run the cycle again. Simple as that. So there's a bit of advice for you. But yeah, it happens. Like Steve said. I've been in Steve's situation, running cycles back in the day, and I was kind of peaking in terms of my finance, Steve. I was doing, I think I was getting up early in the morning and I wasn't finishing my work outside of my day job till 10 o'clock at night. And I realized I was chasing the buck. I'm trying to do stuff in the gym. And I think, hang on, the reason I want this money is so that I don't have to work hard. And here I am doing 12, 14, 16 hour days. I was doing an eight hour shift at work and then I was doing another six, sometimes eight hours after work, before work, it's just crazy. So stuff gets in the way. Life happens, and sometimes that makes cycles and even your just general training difficult to do. So you ease off the gas, you stop the cycle. If it's an absolute proper family drama, a proper emergency, do what you need to do, PCT, time off, and come back and do it again afterwards. Steve, what about the in terms of the actual drugs? And I made a note of this for the pre-show. Uh, the ones that's going to give people the most problems, I think. And I've got a list here, and I'll see if you, you agree with this and bounce back and forth on the comments. So I listed here. These are the ones we see come up on the forums, guys, that people end up struggling with. And these are quite often a part of what might be described as a worst cycle, especially in terms of side effects. Drugs like Superdrol, Trend, Halo, and Check Drops. What do you think, Steve? Well, uh, I've not used check drops. Um, I'm just not into that field if you're, you know, into MMA and boxing and all that. But yeah, definitely the trend, the super droll. But with those, it's simple. So that's kind of kind of leads me into a, a, another cycle I did, which was my favorite cycle and cycle I did really good on. And that is a trend and Anavar cycle and trend and T-Bowl cycle. So in that cycle, there's no testosterone. I added a mild oral to it just to kind of start things off in the cycle. And I ran the trend anywhere between 250, 350 milligrams. Hit all-time personal records in both size, weight, and strength. Blew my records away. But here's the thing. It was such a great cycle, but by the time I got to like week six, week seven it became a nightmare because of what you just said, the side effects. So by then I started developing, like in the middle of the night, I'd get up in a sweat shaking because it the, the trend makes your body so insulin resistant that you want to get up and you got to have carbs. So let's say that day I didn't get enough carbs. I would pay for it. Because basically the trend would drop my blood sugar down and I'd feel very hypoglycemic. So I'd have to get up in the middle of the night and I would keep these pancakes, right? These frozen pancakes 
in the freezer. So I take a, a pancake, throw it in the microwave, heat it up for like 20 seconds, and then just fucking chow that thing down with some honey. And then I'd feel better. And then I jump in the shower just to wash off all the nasty sweat. Because when you're on trend, you sweat out this nasty, nasty, um, uh, you know, you just sweat out the metabolites from the trend. It's like this brown, nasty stuff. So even your sheets, you'll notice your sheets, if you're sweating on trend, your sheets might kind of give a little brown tint to your sheets. So my girlfriend at the time was, was pissed off. She's like, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you taking a shower? I'm like, I am taking a shower. I'm sweating out the metabolites from the steroid. And she's like, oh, okay. She get mad at me. She's like, why are you staining these sheets? You know, these nice white sheets with your nasty brown sweat. So that's a perfect example of a, an amazing cycle. You're breaking PRs, both on your strength, on your size. You're reaching your goals of being a big motherfucker, right? And then by week six, week seven, it turns into a nightmare. You start getting these nasty side effects. The other side effect that I couldn't stand too was feeling hot all the time on trend. So I did a, if I do a lot of like outdoor stuff, take the dogs to the beach or something like that, I have to always like carry like tons of water with me and I have to uh, carry, you know, a, a bar or something, you know, for carbs if I needed some some sugars in my system. So it sucked being like a being a prisoner, you know, on that cycle. So I would never I, you know, I would say, you know, yeah, it's going to do an amazing thing, but then it can turn into a nightmare. So it just depends on your perspective. So you can have a cycle that's a best and and worst too. If if the side effects get out of control. So this is why I tell guys on the forum with trend, be flexible with trend. If it, if the side effects start getting out of hand where they're like sucking and they ruin your life, then be flexible and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to stop it at week six. You don't have to just say, yeah, I'm going to run a 10-week cycle and let me go 10 weeks. You got to be flexible. In life, you got to be flexible. So I got what I needed out of it. I came off and um, it's a, some, it can get miserable. Um, so, so that's a perfect example of, of the both of um, best of both worlds. So mobster, can you think of maybe um, a best cycle that kind of turned into a nightmare? How about that? I mean, I, I can think of, uh, and I've referred to my buddies and myself again. So as I said earlier on, a best cycle uh, is, I think I would agree with Steve, most people's best cycle is their first cycle. And in fact, it's one of the few times I think I've done maybe three, four cycles ever that have been specifically around competitions. And my my sensible head was on sleeve and I decided to do Dynabowl because it's simple, very easy, I believe. I'm going to say eight weeks. I was age 37, which we've talked about in the pre-show, guys. The, the longer you leave it, the better. And you're also more the better at coping with any issues. And I think I gained 10 pounds on that, Steve. I just wanted to see how I responded to anabolics. I wanted to see what would happen with me performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, the, the idea that I might become more aggressive and the job that I was doing was occasionally confrontational in terms of members of the public giving me shit. And I wanted to see if I could handle my stuff while using uh, an anabolic, but in this case, Dynabol. But as Steve says, and we know this, Dynabol for a lot of people is actually a feel-good drug in terms of your sense of well-being. So I was, and I've talked about in other shows, I'm probably more aggressive off-cycle than I am on. So that says a lot for how I respond. The thing about, as an example with Trent, I've never used it, but I had the these stories, like Steve said, from buddies of mine, strength athletes again, uh, but as I described before, these are big, big guys, 150, 160 kilos. 150 kilos is 330, and 160 is 352 pounds, guys. And they talked about the trend sweats. 
you've got the transomnia, the transwets, the trencock. The transwets is a great example. Steve said, as in waking up in the middle of the night and having to change a T-shirt if they're in bed or change the sheets and the girlfriend going, what the hell? She has to wake up as well because you've got to get off the bed, change the sheets over. And as Steve said, for some of them, a yellow tint to that sweat, a yellow tint to that, that, to that sheet that is on the bed. And this is in the normal, cool, uh, late winter, early spring British weather. It's not hot. Uh, not a hot summer month, Steve. This is just like normal ambient temperature. No central heating or nothing, just trend being horrible like that. As an example, again, um, we just had one. Uh, we have this stuff come up on the forums, as you know, Stephen. I mentioned in the pre-show. So, guys, using Superdrop, and a couple of reasons. One is they, especially back in the day, not so much recently, Steve, because we wasn't as informed. But back in the day, thinking of Superdrop as a pro-hormone, and therefore at that time a legal drug, well, in fact, it is a steroid. So they wasn't doing anything else that they should have done, which we're going to get into in, in briefly, in terms of treating it as the, an anabolic steroid and not as a pro-hormone, and therefore, because it was over-the-counter legally available, not taking the precautions they should have done. And the other one, which actually came up more recently, uh, is guys using Superdrol for the same reasons I've just said, and then having, for example, a sensation of a kidney pain. Literally, they're using the drug, perhaps at too high a dosage as well, not treating it as an anabolic, and literally having physical discomfort where their kidneys are on their body. So that's a real, that's a, that is a proper kidney strain. I've never had kidney strain on any anabolic, any performance enhancement drug. And I can understand when the guys come on the forum, it's always guys, especially with Superdrol, um, and they're worried, literally worried. Right, so you know, I've, the, the people that I've been around in terms of uh, athletes or whatever are more likely to strain or tear something because they've got too strong, which is a hell of a side effect if you like it, Steve, and a hell of a worse cycle. Because this is what used to happen, and I'm thinking of, again with strength specific, and this was always happening in the 80s and 90s bodybuilders, Steve. They would get so strong, so quick that pec tears, bicep tears, quad tears was Almost you, you, amongst your buddies, if you had 100 buddies that worked out, you'd have one or two of those a month. And this is because the muscles were getting stronger than the connective tissue real, real quick. Trust me, guys, the effect that some anabolics have on your red blood, blood cell count, for example, or just blood's full stop, and then you have a muscle tear, you're looking at you know a, a massive hematoma underneath. So that's a lot of bleeding underneath the skin. You've got a muscle tear. You're going to need to go and get it fixed and you're running anabolic. So that's going to potentially cause issues right there, Steve, just going to hospital in terms of the medical treatment and any medication that they're going to give you. So, yeah, there's stuff like right out there. Let me give you an example. And I don't, think, I wouldn't say this was a worse cycle as such, but I have used check drops literally on the day of a competition because it was one of those drugs that uh, lifters, rather than bodybuilders, could use on the day of a powerlifting or strength competition to increase your aggression. And I think I've told this uh, story offline where um, I've done it exactly as I'm supposed to, a very small drop out of the end of the syringe underneath the tongue. It's, it's a couple of hundred micrograms, not milligrams here, per uh, milliliter, but you're only taking literally a drop under the tongue, so five or ten micrograms. But it increases your aggression for about eight hours. And there's a video probably on someone's phone somewhere, Steve, of me running up and down 
uh, in and C-U-N-T in everybody in the room, having just made a lift very aggressively, like some hulking out idiot, uh, probably slightly over the top, OTT, um, in terms of excitement or whatever else, proper full on for about 10 seconds before I realised what the hell I'm doing and calm my ass down. So perhaps not an issue as such because I did what I needed to do. I won the competition. I made the lift. I think I actually had a British record on that particular occasion. But probably something for everybody else around me to think, what the fuck is going on here in terms of my over-the-top aggression momentarily. So, yeah, I can imagine being in a relationship and, and you're using check drops in a cycle, Steve. It's a super harsh steroid. not recommended, etc. I want to get into, uh, towards the end now, Steve, what people haven't done on cycle that's made it bad. And what I specifically said in the pre-show is where they're not using aromatized inhibitors. So they end up with blood pressure issues, you end up with kidney issues, and so on and so forth. And this is, to me, is where their ancillaries are so poor or non-existent that they end up with bloating, they end up with blood pressure, they end up with discomfort. Let's talk about that now. So, yeah, this is a really a horror story. And luckily, Mobster and I, part of it is we started using steroids so late in our lives. And so we were able to kind of gain a lot of knowledge and, and learn from other people's mistakes on this. And you tend to make more mistakes when you're younger. It's not always a necessary, necessary thing that just it's just young people. But I think, too, people who are, you know, our age, who use steroids at a young age, they didn't have access to the type of information that we had and type of sources that we have. So they tended to really screw themselves. So one of the big ones back in, you know, the 90s, guys would use, you know, Dianabol, testosterone, DECA. They'd use aromatizing compounds and they didn't, they didn't run proper aromatase inhibitors. They didn't know to run AIs. So they'd end up with bitch tests. And this happened, too, in the 80s and even the 70s, too. Um, and this is why back then in the 70s, a lot of guys did not run testosterone because they couldn't. Uh, there was no way to combat the estrogen. So you would end up taking something that aromatized in the body and you'd end up with estrogen related side effects. The bitch tits, gynecomastia, the water retention, the high blood pressure, the bloat. And then there were other guys who would do everything wrong and they'd get away with it. You know, but most people, they weren't able to get away with it. So they ended up really screwing themselves out. So today you don't hear much about people making that mistake. I think there's just much more knowledge today and there's much more availability. Any steroid source out there is going to also sell Aromacin, Arimidex, Letro. So you're covered, you know, and it's not like it used to be where sources would sell testosterone. And then they wouldn't sell any AI. So if you needed an AI, you'd have to go to a doctor and wait for problems to happen. Then go to a doctor and be like, hey, I have estrogen-related side effects. Can you write me a prescription? So things have definitely improved in that department. So we see a lot less. But there are still people today who screw up with steroid use. They shut themselves down. They don't run a proper PCT. They ruin their HPTA. They, they run too much steroids, they get blood pressure issues, heart issues, kidney issues, liver issues. So we still see that because they want to try to mimic what people are doing. So that pretty much sums it up. There's so much we can talk about on this one, guys. We'll have to talk about it again. Let us know if there's anything that caught your eye and post on the forums.
Yes, guys, we're out here to inform you so you don't make these mistakes. That's what these podcasts are for. That's what the forums are for. Check out the articles so you have no excuse to make some of the mistakes that we've made. And certainly when it comes to an aromatized inhibitor, you've got definitely no excuse, guys, with with our approved sources and with the information we're providing. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and it's based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.